grab your favorite beverage, kick up your feet as you ascend with me into the joy portal of soul reflections, fresh perspectives, fun ideas, and wisdom. Light to light and heart to heart. Smile and breathe even deeper as together we will soar above the perception of all hurdles and shine brightly as the light we are. Namaste and welcome to Light Laughter and Lattes. My name is Jerry Hapstreet. I'm an Avesa quantum healer, medical intuitive, self-ascension intuitive counselor, and your host today. So welcome back, everyone. Um, I have been out of the country for a couple of weeks, so I have been absent from the show. So I'm glad to be here with you all today. I was at a super powerful equinox ceremony in Ecuador and um, San Pedro journeying, had a fabulous time. It was a great moment of upliftment for humanity and all. And hi, Beatrice. Beatrice was there with me as well. So um, just a reminder, the chat is open on Oneness Talk Radio Facebook and Oneness Talk Radio YouTube. So if you happen to be listening live, jump in, say hi, let us know you're here. And if you're brand new, and you just happen to find this by accident, for sure jump in high because there is always a lovely community waiting to just welcome you. Uh, Oneness Talk Radio is an absolute awesome place for upliftment, well-being, ascension, all those great things with lots of tips and ideas. So everyone is welcome here. And so just a quick note or a reminder we have a, an illuminated new moon coming up Friday. That's in two days. So all the new moons and full moons this year happen to be illuminated. So they are stronger. They're crystalline and they do a greater job of healing and manifesting because they are illuminated. So just a little reminder, if you're feeling that new energy to put it in motion, now is a great time to start something new, begin a new rebirth yourself, all of those great things. So today, today is an exciting topic for me. I've been a vegan for 13 years and on the path of self-ascension and upliftment and spiritual healing, what we put in our bodies is so extremely important because we are not only body, but we're mind, we're spirit. And as we uplift, every part of our body includes what you know, who we hang around, what we're watching, what we're listening to, what we're consuming, all play a role in our spiritual well-being, our emotional well-being, our mental health. It's all related. So nutrition is and always has been a passionate subject for me. And I have the perfect person here today that I am so excited. Her name is Marcella Benson. She is a spiritual nutrition counselor and a scene priestess and author based in Miami, Florida. She's a healer, passionate poet, spiritual teacher, and she graduated with Mastery in Vegan Live Nutrition. And she specializes in spiritual fasting and she recovered herself from diabetes naturally. Um, she has studied superfood nutrition, Ayurvedic science, Chinese tonic herbalism, Amazonian herbalism, 
several energy frequency healing modalities at some of the top institutes in the world. And she has a coffee table book, which is lovely, called Peace, Love, and Vegetables, Recipes for Conscious Living. And it was created as an inspirational guide to bring health, spirituality, positivity, and compassion to everyone's home. Marcella holds more than 18 years of research in the field of body, mind, spirit, and vegan nutrition. She brings this knowledge together as an exquisitely designed book that includes lifestyle advice, inspiration, affirmations, tips, menus, and over 150 live food vegan recipes. So Marcella is here today to offer some delicious information from her book, Love, Peace, and Vegetables. Hi, Marcella. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Jerry. (laughs) Oh, you bet. So this is exciting. Let's start at the beginning because I know that every master of something has had to have a mastery journey to walk. <laughs> so so how, how did you become the master of, of peace, love, and vegetables, nutrition for, you know, I call it soul nourishment? Yes, and it's love, peace, and vegetables. Did I say something else? Yes, it's okay. No mind, no, I don't mind. It, oh. it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's right here. Okay, <laughs> so good. Look, I don't know if you have you seen the book. Look, oh, it is gorgeous. Yes, it it's absolutely four hundred and forty-four pages. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is a magic number in and of itself. Not planned. This is by itself. You know, I didn't say I'm. I'm going to set out to do four forty-four. It's just that's how it turned out to be. Of course, of course. <laughs> Always. So tell us how, you know, how did this, how did this cookbook come about? How did you become such a master at nutrition for the body, mind and soul? Yes. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's been a journey and it's a journey that continues on because uh, life is a journey, you know, learning is a journey, transforming, transmuting is a journey. And um, I think it's important to understand that for whatever, wherever you are in life, uh, it's a continuing journey of learning, uh, you know, and having things happen to you, which is a good thing because then you can transform them. So for me, this started early on in life with a spiritual, um, with a spontaneous spiritual awakening when I was uh, 16 years old. And um, at 15, I started meditating. I became a vegetarian. And uh, at 16, I went to the mountains um, to do a water fast. But I didn't go to the mountains to do a water fast just to, um, you know, just to to do a water fast or to do go in a spiritual quest. But little did I know that that's what I did. And that's what happened to me because I was so open and I was so young. And uh, every day that I was in the fasting, every day I felt more connected. And um, and one day towards the end of my 21-day journey, um, I felt this uh, union with all. And I knew that there was much more than just the body holding me. And that's how my path started. 
and it continued with the understanding of the, my father's sickness, uh, who, who was a diabetic and died because of complications of diabetes. So all my life I had a father that was sick. And, um, and of course, you know, when you're young, you resist. So I was resisting to my calling for many, many, many years until I had my children. And when I had my children and I realized, um, and the, the school called me and told me, wow, you, uh, your son is having a problem. Uh, we need to test him for, you know, all kinds of, you know, uh, hyperactivity, dyslexia and all of these. And um, I believe that I could do better. I believe that my son was, I, I birthed a perfectly human being. And I believe that it was not the way to go with medications. I, I didn't think my son was missing medications in his life to become who he is right now, who he's perfectly normal, uh, beyond normal. He is extremely intelligent, actually, and intelligent that intelligence that the school could not see because they were just so in under the standards understanding on the human uh, condition. Okay, so that woke me up really rapidly. And that day I went and I, I said, okay, I have to learn. I have to learn. I can't just be vegetarian and think everything is okay. Uh, and that's going to be good enough. And that's when my journey started to help my son. Mm -hmm. And I realized that, you know, I, I speak two languages and in my family, sometimes we speak three languages. And um, one of the big things was you, you shouldn't speak, you should speak only one language to your child. But I had such difficulty learning English that I said, there is no way that if I can give them another language for free and with my time, I wasn't going to do that. And I, I didn't pay any attention whatsoever. And my son speaks perfect Spanish, perfect English, and Hebrew also. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, I realized that the diet was the common thread of what was happening to my son. So we went from junk vegetarian food, you know, uh, drinking sodas, uh, eating conventional foods, which I had no idea. I mean, I had no idea. I just had to do a profound education to realize that this did something to the body. And uh, really, the difference in two weeks was incredible. The teachers were calling me, asking me if I was giving him medication that he's doing so much better. And to their surprise, I said, no, I just changed his diet. How about that? <laughs> So my son was my, my first teacher, my first guru towards this uh, adventure that I have taken into uh, spiritual nutrition. And then uh, it was my daughter's times. When it was my daughter's time, she, she was born with a little bit of an undeveloped lungs. And um, she started having colds. And with these colds, this cough called croups came in and croups is just horrible because the child they, they, they cannot breathe it gets a little bit blue and it's really scary for a loving parent it's just so scary for a loving parent and um, I ended up in the hospital with her with steroids uh, yes she got cured but that was not good enough for me 
I wanted my children 100% healthy and operational, like I had 100% healthy and operational life. And for me, that was my driving force, the love for my children. And then I said, okay, it's time for me to go to study. And uh, the books that I was reading was my, my current teacher now and friend and family and mentor, uh, that is Dr. Gabriel Cousins. And I went to his school and I started studying with him. And three days after, my daughter fell ill. So ill that I started hearing the croup. She was three years old when, when I took her there. And I go to Dr. Cousins and I, I say, crying to him, I won't be able to study. Look at my daughter. She's going to get the croups. I'm in the middle of the desert. It's going to be really bad. And I'm afraid. I'm really afraid that something's going to happen to, to her. And he says, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. And he gave me three things. He gave me a just an herbal remedy, vitamin C, and another chelation remedy. And he says, just give it to her for the next three days, every two hours, lots of water. And I did. And I did. And little by little by little, in three days, I could see how she was coming out of that. I could see that she didn't go into full, complete croups and blue in the face and crying. And every day she was better. That's the day that I say, okay, I need to learn this full on. I just need to learn it. <laughs> and I did. And I did. And that's what brought me into also then teaching with him because I was such a, you know, I was such an interested student that I said, not only I have to learn it, I have to be able to teach it to people who were in the same position as I was, you know, and, and I said, I have to teach this. And um, then we started teaching with Dr. Cousins and I was the conscious eating teaching teacher for all South America and uh, Europe. And um, we taught all over the world. And by teaching also, my student says, Marcela, you have to do a book. Little did I know that to do a book, you need a lot of skills, which I didn't have. <laughs> uh, but now I do. Now I do. I had uh, the good fortune of good friends who were my editors and my publishers and uh, my good friends that organized me to be able to take the pictures. And the journey was about a 10-year journey mm. with this book. But a journey that I needed to take, a journey that I needed to take because I needed to know and I needed to... Um, how can I say this? I, I needed to exercise uh, the the demons of I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I can't do this. And through that, I, I, although I did have a mastery uh, in in cooking and in teaching and speaking and explaining and understanding, uh, through being able to exercise even deeper demons, uh, this book was birthed in complete love and complete alignment with my soul. And I know it's going to be in complete alignment with many people because I, 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 I made sure I wanted to write something in a way that is an invitation. Mm. 
uh, because I feel like in life, when you are invited and you choose how you want to do things and nobody is evangelizing you towards being anything you don't want to be or you're not ready to be, you know, the fruit falls when it's ripe. Mm-hmm. And through that, I acquire and understanding this deeply in every cell of my being, you know, the fruit falls when it's ripe. Through understanding that all of these 10 years, now I understand people uh, also in, man- in a much deeper way. Uh, and this is why I created a book that is an invitation, an invitation to a life of love, an invitation to a life of peace, and an invitation to eat more vegetables. Well, Marcella, before we get into all your wonderful wisdom on nutrition and your ideas and stuff, because I know this community is going to want to hear all of that for sure. I have to use similarities on your story. Our, our children are incredible, incredible teachers. Um, yeah. I, I had a similar story. So- I kind of had meaning too after I had um, after I had two children or two boys that had PKU, and so PK, PKU is a metabolic disorder order in which um, the boys can't have much protein at all, so they were on a forced vegan diet their whole life. Mm. You know, I became vegan. I was already feeding them that way, and so. Our children are so wonderful. Some of these things to them, you know, can seem terrifying. (laughs) But in the end, in the end, there's they're oftentimes here for us to push us along in the direction we need to go. And so uh, we have a similar story that way. And and also I wanted to share, move over just a little bit. Do we have the exact same chairs? I, I think somehow you and I have the exact same chair. <laughs> and I real cousins on my show as well. So, um, ah, very good, very good. So a, a few synchronicities here, um, which I which I love. So share with us, share with us some of the main the main things you learned as far as nutrition and, and tips for keeping us all um, really healthy. Yes. Well, I always say that the number one thing that I went deep into study, and also it's in my book, a whole little chapter about water, you know, without water, we cannot do any of our processes right. Not the brain, not the organs, not the liver, not the kidneys, not all of me. You know, we are mostly water. Okay, so water is the number one thing to keep you healthy. So most of the people do not drink enough water or don't have the enough minerals or salt uh, to keep the water at the cellular level or to keep the pressure in the cellular world, wall to send the water inside the cell. So this is very important to understand about water, what water to drink, and you know, why you want to, you might want to consider putting a filter in your shower, you know, because our skin is our biggest organ. And um, all of these things, I explain them in a simple way, very simple and very beautiful way, because I do have amazing pictures that you will just, you know, love to 
read through the book because I wanted to create, you know, this book that through the beauty you're inspired to read. Right. You know, kind of like when we see these beautiful magazines, you know, I'm like, oh, and you read it just because the picture is so beautiful. You want to know about the person. You want to know about the object. Mm -hmm. You see? So number one is water. Number two, it's understanding that table salt It's just sodium. Uh, It's really bad for you. But salt, whole salt, hand, mind, whole salt. Or if you know a very good sea salt that doesn't have uh, microplastics, you know, nanoplastics or all of these plastics that now the sea has, then you can. But it needs to be tested. You want to make sure that your sea salt, it's, it's pure. And it has all the minerals. So I choose, I like my salt to be mountain salt from dry, uh, different places in the world, different salts. I like the pink and I like the black and I like the white. And you see different salts from different parts that are really whole and they have all the minerals, at least 87 to 90 something minerals. See, so this is these are two things that are very important. Number third you know, which is how I organize the book also, is fermented foods. You know, sauerkraut, maybe kimchi or something, you know, whatever you like, the fermented, uh, you know, I only teach here sauerkraut and how to do it in a controlled way using probiotics so you make sure you have more of the good bacteria, you know. Kabucha. Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't, I'm not used to kombucha. I haven't found. I haven't found the only one kombucha that I have found is somebody that makes it here where I live, and it has about 58 spices, and it's not. It's really vinegary, and it's not sweet at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, but also you know kombucha and certain things like that. It depends on the person. You know, and also depending what you ferment, it also depends on the person. So these these are very important things to know that not everything is for everybody. And you have to open up your eyes and um, tune in with yourself and see what works for you. And what works for you today, it might not work for you tomorrow. Okay, so we we have to have that always in mind when we are upgrading our lives uh, to have that opening. You know, I'm just going to find what works for me and I'm going to do it for the rest of my life. It's not going to work because we're always changing. You know, we're changing with the seasons, we're changing with the weather, we're changing how far up, far away from the sea we live or how close we live to the sea. You see, all of these changes, our body changes our everything and our nutrition too, you know, and, and, and how we make food, you know. So... All of this is very, very important for health. That sets kind of like the foundation and a way of thinking about health that is not longer cookie cutter, that is more individualized. What is that I need? Okay. Then sprouts. Sprouts is very important in the life, food, and vegan world because they offer sprouts a lot of nutrients in a very condensed, in a very small way. Okay. And part of my whole cuisine, I it's very important, all the spices and the superfoods. 
So I have a whole part for the people who don't like to drink so much water. I have a, I have about three or four recipes in liquid wisdom that talks about aromatic waters, how to make aromatic waters. Then a whole part in how to make herbal lattes, not longer coffee, but some, some people can do very well coffee. Some others can't. It depends on how your body takes the coffee. It depends on the quality of the coffee, mm -hmm. you see, and it depends on, um, on your constitution. You see, for me, I cannot drink coffee because I cannot sleep at night. When I was younger, I grew up drinking coffee and I never felt like it did anything bad to me. I started feeling it later in life and I said, okay, I got to change that. But I really do like coffee and I love my cappuccinos and I'm like, I don't want to miss that in life. So then I did a whole part in the book that also talks about how to do a shagachino. Yes, using a, a superfood like shaga, which is a mushroom, and, and how to use coconut milk and how to frost it and all of these to get your latte, your herbal latte. Mm. Lovely. There's um, something I saw in, in your write-up trying to think. It was like a pasta. Um, what is it called? Hmm. You had another take on a pasta, and I was wondering if it was kind of like zoodles, you know, using zucchini for noodles. And I don't remember what you called it. Do you know offhand? Um, well, I have, I believe I have a, a pad thai recipe uh -huh. uh, with, with noodles, with zucchini noodles, and the, the sauce is excellent. And you can use that sauce, and if you want, you can use it in, in, in other type of noodles if you don't like zucchini noodles. So... You know, all of all of the sauces and everything I have prepared, it's in a way you can transform it into what you need, into where you are. And I talk about it in the recipes, how to transform it. And by giving you the ideas of transformation, it also opens up a whole new flood portal into, oh, if I could do this, maybe I could do that. And that's the whole thing about, okay, how do I not only make recipes and, you know, and how do I transform one recipe to another? Because also as mothers uh, that have younger children, maybe they made something and they have leftovers in the next day. So what do we do with that? You know, and I also teach how to do with leftovers, a little bit of leftovers. And I have a whole area, which is one of my, I have some master recipes, which are for the people who are really advanced and they just want to know, how to create, you know, really, really advanced meals. Yes. But then I have another part. Yeah, I have a whole part in soups with um, saffron and with coconut and uh, another one that is super easy. That is one of my favorite ones that I teach it often because this is the soup that you feel like you've been cooking it for hours and it takes five minutes you know, with the chickpea miso and seaweed if you want and all of the raw veggies. And it just takes five minutes at the most to prepare it. And I do feel like this is important to have recipes that are very, very easy. You just blend them and they're there and they're easy and they're full of nutrition. I That's important to me. So what, what are your top five spices for, for assisting the body and, and wellness? Well, um, 
If you could pick five. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. How, how can I not? I use them every day. <laughs> okay. I use them every day. I love turmeric. I put turmeric on almost everything, which is anti-inflammatory. Mm -hmm. um, saffron, it's one of my personal favorites because it's, it has to do not only with the root chakra, okay, everything that is hormonal, mm. which is very important, you know. And then it also... You see the saffron flower, you have the purple petals and you have the little threads, which is the actual saffron. And people say, Man, say why is it so expensive? Because saffron, you can only pick it by hand. There is no way you can put it in a machine. Okay. And it, there is only three filaments per flower. And this is already proven how excellent it is. They make extractions and they make oils from these to do all kinds of uh, hormonal balancing remedies. Um, so saffron is one of my favorite. That is not only good for the root chakra, but it's also good for the third eye because the doctrine of signature of the plant is such. It is the green, it is the white bulb, um, um, and a brown bulb, then you have the green shoot, then you have the purple flower, and then again, it comes back to the root, to the red. And the red is not a red, it is an orangey red. See, that when you put it in the water, it almost becomes like this beautiful orange golden color. See, so it covers all of your body, chakra from the bottom chakra to the heart chakra to the third eye see and the whole energetic of this plant is just beautiful then another another this is the second wait, I took wait, before, before you move ahead um, yeah. what what is your favorite thing to use turmeric in like give us two three things that you like to use turmeric in because I know people who buy bags of turmeric and go now what and the same thing for saffron. What's your favorite? I'm, I'm thinking soup, but I'm sure there's a lot more things. A lot, a lot. And I have the recipes also in the book. I, you know what I love to do with my turmeric? I love to shred it and I get some of my sauerkraut juice and I ferment it in the sauerkraut juice. And then it lasts for months. And then each time I'm going to make quinoa or millet or I'm going to make anything that I want to make. Like, for example, I made some seaweed and kale chips, um, and I made this sauce, and I put a tablespoon of this fermented turmeric, um, and I make my sauces, and I make my salad dressing, but it's already fermented, so it's very easy because you make it once, and it lasts months, and then you finish it. It never goes bad because once it's fermented, it's wonderful. And you can put it in whatever you like. You can make a tea, a turmeric tea. Uh, you can make, um, you know, the sauces for the kale chips, the salad dressings. You can put it in the millet. You can put it in a tomato sauce. Thank you. And how about the saffron? And the saffron, you know, you can use it traditionally, like to make, if you make rice, you can use it traditionally. Uh, but I don't teach how to make rice. But what I do is I bloom it with hot water or with warm water, or I bloom it from a day before. That means that you put it in water and you, and you let the dye come out, right? Once it's nice and red, 
I mix that with coconut butter. So then you have a liposomal uh, saffron, see? Mm. And then I put some monk fruit. I put a little bit of salt and I put, and then I mix it together. And then you get this beautiful golden orange color. And basically you can put it in, you can put it in a cake. See, I have a saffron torta cake that I make. Uh, you can put it in your coconut yogurt. Um, you can put it in some strawberries, in some blueberries. You can put it in your oats if you make oats every day. Uh, you can do so many things. Okay. I'm th or smoothie, I'm thinking even. Put some in there. Okay. So, okay. So we've got turmeric and saffron. What's your next one? I do love ginger. I do yeah. love ginger and I always I do the same thing that I do with the turmeric because it's just easy you it's ginger is everywhere now you can find it everywhere and I also I ferment it and I make tea I put it in my salad I love to just you know mix my salad with a little bit of ginger because that gives you a, it's very good for digestion mm -hmm. and um I love ginger. So ginger, you can use it on everything. You can make a tea with fermented ginger. You can, um, you know, put it in a myriad of things, just like the turmeric. Uh, so that's my third. Okay, another one. <laughs> yeah. Another one that I love is, um, that I use it a lot, is uh, cinnamon. You mm. know, and everybody knows how to use cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can put it in an apple, you can put it with a, with some kind of almond butter. You know, my daughter, she prepares this, she grabs this wood board and she cuts her apple and then she puts almond butter and then she puts some uh, strawberries and puts some bee pollen, for example, and then she puts cinnamon and then she serves it and it's so easy and it's so delicious, you know, and it, there's not much of preparation and the cinnamon adds a whole new dimension to your food. Nice. You know, and another one that I love, 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 love is uh, caraway seeds. Mm. And they say that uh, lovers that share, this is a folk, this is folk story from caraway seeds. Lovers that shares caraway seeds, uh, they're always... Um, loyal to each other mm. <laughs> so let me see that are caraway it's caraway good for the heart <laughs> i'm guessing what what is caraway good for um well caraway it's good for let me let me see if i can remember all of this <laughs> um Oh, my goodness, I can't remember specific uh, organ related with the caraway, but I know it's very, very good. It's very delicious. How about that? Yeah, that works for me. <laughs> you don't have to remember everything. Oh, dear. Okay, okay, so what is your take on grains? Are you... Do you Have you moved away from grains? So many people are. I, I have for now a couple years now. A um, little bit of quinoa. I still use a little rice every now and then, 
But for the most part, cooking with almond flowers and the coconut flowers and the cassava flowers and those kind of things. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you see, my daughter is allergic to wheat and all kinds of glutens. I am not. But if I overdo it, I overindulge, I don't feel well. So it's not, I don't, I, I don't use grains. I don't, my, my whole book is, it's grain free, you know, it's gluten free. There is no, you know, so, and if I'm going to use wheat or kamut, I sprout them and then I use them, which you change completely, you completely the cycle, you know, of the gluten. Okay. And so for sprouting, let's say you're going to sprout lentils. You just put the lentils in some water for, what's the process? Well, usually for sprouting is overnight. Okay. okay. And you, you soak it in water overnight. Okay. Or for four to six hours, you know, if you want to do it in the morning and you want it in the afternoon ready. And then you just have to water it just like you're watering plants, but two or three times a day, depending where you are. Like here in Florida, we have this tropical weather. So twice a day to water it is enough. When I was in Arizona, studying there in Arizona and sprouting there in Arizona because it's desert, I needed to water my sprouts for them to, you know, to pop um, about three times a day. So is there, um, so if you have a cup of, lentils what's the ratio to water you want you want to cover them with water for just cover them, you know, okay. just, cover them. just cover them with water uh, and pass about an inch because then when they start taking the water uh, basically the water you know they the water goes down and you want them to be submerging water all night or six hours in order for them to like really start getting plump Mm. And then can they, do they just sit on the counter then in, in an yeah. open container or do they need to be in the fridge and closed? They, the first day they sit, they sit on the counter and I like to put a plate on top because I don't want anything just walking or having to fish a little ant out. So I, I put a plate. Then the next day I just wash, I take all the water out and I put them in containers, in sprouting containers that have like a, like a little um, cap with little holes. See? And then you just put them, you wash them, you put them underneath the, um, the faucet, fill it up with water, throw the water out, completely out, and then they just do their thing. And depending on the type of lentils, they're going to take six more hours or one more day until you see a little sprout. It's and very easy. Once, once you get over the fear of sprouting, you'll be, you know, amazed how easy it is and how little, how little you have to do except watering it. So that is that when they're the most is when they finally have a little sprout. Yes. Yes. Okay. Because I'm guessing after four to six hours, probably isn't a sprout. It would take a, you know another day or so. Yes. Oh, I I wait. Yes, until at least I have a little tail. And you can you can use them raw or you can okay. cook them if you want. 
Okay. So, so what, um, what are some other, you know, uh, key points that, that our audience might want to know um, health and nutrition wise? Some of your favorite things to cook with. You know, maybe people. Are you cutting off a little bit? Can you repeat that? I didn't hear you. I, I, yep. I, the internet connection is going in and out a little. Yeah. I, um, I asked if, you know, what are some of your, what, what are some of your favorite things to cook with that maybe people overlook? I'm thinking about it because I, you see, I think the most important important thing is to think of what is that you have in your kitchen. You know, first of all, people overlook their oils. I've been into many people's houses and I look at, I go into the cabinets, okay? Decluttering your cabinets and cleaning your spices and your oils are very important. When an oil is bad, it smells rancid. What does rancid smell like? A little bit like plastic, a little bit sticky, okay? And um, you should not have any uh, canola oils, vegetables oils. This is very important. This is key for a healthy diet you know, a healthy lifestyle, because I don't like diet or anything like that, because we need to come all the way back to a lifestyle. This is a lifestyle. This is part of what our bodies need. So our bodies do not need any oils that are pernicious to our hearts and our brain, and they're not compatible. Okay. So you don't want to use canola oil, vegetable oils, and you don't really you, you want to buy oils, like 100% coconut oil, that is not in plastic, okay? Because the oils from the plastics, they take out estrogen, and then you have an estrogenic oil that you're cooking your food with. And I would say, do not cook your food with oils. If you're making lentils, or if you're making whatever you're making, if you are really missing the oil, or you, you need it, you know, because it depends on how much you need for each and every person is different. Okay. Then you put it cold on top. However, is that much that you need and you don't cook with it. And believe me, it doesn't change the taste. It's so much better when you have the oil fresh on top of your food, instead of making everything with oil. Okay. So So the oils, be intact. Your spices, look at your spices. Have they been there sitting for six years? You know, if you're not finishing your spices, say, okay, let me throw everything out and let me just buy two or three, finish them all the way, and then buy two or three more. Because it's important. We have so much in our kitchens from bad cookware, yes, to to spices and uh, things that are old. And this is this is very, very important. Our food should be organic. Our spices should be new. And our oils should be, of course, new and uh, maybe a little bit of first cold press olive oil and a very good salt and uh, some coconut oil. 
Okay. And you should not be cooking with them. Uh, an avocado oil? I, I'm not into using seed oils because there is some information coming that the seed oils are not so good for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So then I'm, I'm keeping it simple now until okay. I know more. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what would be one, one more question before we go. Um, what would be your favorite simple dessert? Because I know everyone loves dessert. Well, it's not so simple. Nothing in my life is so simple. <laughs> my favorite dessert, I mean, I just made yesterday and this amazing blueberry pie and it's in the book. It's amazing. And it was just delicious. And I love to rotate things. But if I had to choose something that I don't have to make, is durian. You know, it's a beautiful Asian fruit that for many people smells like trash and uh, or gas. And I don't know. I am one of those people who likes this fruit. And um, if it has to be simple, it's not so simple because it's not so easy to get. But it's made by God, you know, it's made by the tree, by God, by the cosmic forces being in earth and making this amazing fruit. And yes, yes that's my favorite ever. And how about super? What, what are the your favorite superfoods? Well, I always rotate them, but one of them that I love is foti or ho shu wu, uh, which is uh, the bark of a, a tree and um, I like it very much because it tastes a little bit like coffee. I like it because it's good for longevity and I, I just like the taste, you know, and I have, you know, in my kitchen, which I, I advise you to do is have your little drawers with your superfoods and your powders, you know, and experiment with that, you know, and I have my, my, I have a drawer and this drawer, I open it up and I take out my essences and my superfoods and my shaga and my reishi and my hoshu wu, you see, and my maca. And I have all the mixtures that I take out and I, I and, you know, I just play with it. I, I love all the superfoods. <laughs> my favorite one was when I was traveling through the Amazons and they had um, this little it's called, ah, gosh, it escaped me now. It's this little red, it grows in bushes in the Amazon and um, it's really tart and, um, and ha it's high in vitamin C. I can't remember the name now, forget about it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have that same drawer that you have with all my superfoods in it too. And they tend to all go into a smoothie because I don't know what to do with them. So I just dump them all in and make sure I get them. <laughs> I, I think of my smoothies as my, like my last meal. If I don't get anything else today, what can I all put in this to sustain me in a good way? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And some of them are just, I mean, I love, have you ever tasted fresh raw spirulina? No, I don't know. I haven't. Ah, it's delicious. It tastes like cream cheese. It's like deep green. The color for many people could be a, um, a stopping ground because a lot of people have an aversion to green, 
yes mm-hmm. and um but it's delicious it's just it's it's like a deep and you put it whatever in your crackers in your toast and it really if you blindfolded you would think it's cream cheese really that's surprising yes. because it's not very good in powder form <laughs> But the real raw form, the one that comes refrigerated and is fresh, it's absolutely delicious. And you can put it in avocados, you can put it in whatever kind, you know, a toast with little tomatoes and uh, some sprouts on top. And, you know, spirulina is just, I love it. It's one of my favorites for many years. That's all I had, avocados and spirulina. (laughs) Uh, Well, I can't wait to find that. I'm going to try that for sure. Okay, well, this has been great. So um, I am so glad that you joined me today. And I do have all your book information and your connection details, you know, below on YouTube and above on Facebook. Um, Do you have and I have a question here. Do you have a good source where where to get the raw spirulina? Um, You know, actually, there is... um... A good source here in Florida is called, if you put it, it's, you're gonna, you, if you search it, raw spirulina in glass grown in, I think it's in somewhere in Florida, you'll find it. Okay. Okay. Do, do, do you have any more of those um, great little tips that people wouldn't necessarily know about? That is one that I certainly didn't know about. I, I couldn't imagine spirulina being tasty. <laughs> I I I definitely like it, and I've tried it uh, in different places in the world, and in different places in the world, tastes different also. Sure. And you have to finish it within. I think you have to finish it within ten to fifteen days because otherwise it starts fermenting, and then it doesn't taste so good. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Marcella. And, you know, your book looks beautiful. Um, I'm sure there, I'm sure it's, it's got lots of great recipes and I am a sucker for cookbooks. I love them and love that it's 444 pages too. There's some magic in that as well. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you here today and everyone, I hope you have a fabulous week. And remember, we have this new moon coming up on Friday. So until next week, goodbye. Thank you for listening in to Light Laughter and Lattes. It has been my honor and pleasure. Please visit jerryhab.wix.com and check out my services and my packages. I work with people in person and from a distance, and I also give free 15-minute consultations. And so until next week, May your week be filled with light, laughter, and a whole lot of love.